0: hey everybody thank you so much for checking out today's episode of coming up in my sneakers today we have shelby weaver who is owner of uh mac house and she's best known for her involvement
1: with the toronto raptors
0: welcome thank you thank you for having me thanks so much for coming uh, so i just want to jump right into it where mm. were you born and raised
1: I was born and raised in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Um, grew up there, went to St. Francis Xavier University, which is just a couple hours outside, and I've been in Toronto now for almost nine years, coming up on nine years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Amazing. Crazy. So,
0: okay, so you're like an East Coast girl then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, East Coaster. What was it like growing up uh, out there?
1: Honestly, I grew up in Halifax and Halifax is such a cool city because it's sort of this middle ground between like a big city and a small town. So like it has all the amenities of a big city, great restaurants, great food. It's like a beautiful city. It's very historic right on the ocean, Um, but it still has that small town feel like people know each other. It just has a sort of vibe to it. So yeah, it was great. I loved growing up there.
0: Nice. And uh, did you have any siblings growing up?
1: No I'm an only child um right. yeah only child, so no siblings, but lots of friends who have become siblings over the years nice. my parents very much in an open house, so everybody was always in our house, so I was never alone for for very long nice
0: and um while you were growing up like were you um like more of a like an athletic kid creative
1: mm-hmm. I was definitely more of an athletic kid I played basketball um wasn't creative at all my mom is very creative Um, she's always been super creative and just can pick up anything and learn it Um, but i didn't sort of come onto that until like later in my life but i was very much an athlete growing up
0: nice um and did you like play in school and stuff like that yeah played
1: basketball all the way through um stopped playing early in college just because of some health issues um and then now work in basketball obviously but Um, yeah, didn't get to play quite as long as I wanted to, but kind of helped me transition into like life after basketball a lot sooner. And I think that transition ended up being good for me.
0: Nice. Mm -hmm. Um, so outside of like basketball and stuff, Mm -hmm. were you like, I always want to find out what type of, like, where was your mindset when you were growing up? Were you just like sort of focused on like playing with your friends and like playing Mm -hmm. basketball or did you sort of start to think about what you wanted to do in life as a kid.
1: No, I was a very like, I was a worrier. I was like a very anxious kid, I think. And I worried a lot all the time. And I think that worry made me um, look ahead a lot further than a lot of people did. So even when I got my first jobs, different things like they always had sort of like a purpose. I didn't just like you know, I had my share of shitty jobs like we all did. I was a cashier at the grocery store and all those things. But a lot of my jobs had purpose like long before I was even in college. So um I was a very driven kid, I was very disciplined. I was very you know, had lots of friends, did lots of fun things, but I kinda always had my ducks in a row and I I was, you know, very hard worker when it came to basketball and I was training like a college kid when i was in high school oh and i think that was part of the reason why i burnt out a little bit early in my playing career but um i was always sort of like pretty driven pretty motivated that was sort of always in me nice even from a young age
0: and do you think like your parents sort of like instilled that into you or was it just natural
1: i think probably a bit of both like i think both my parents are like that so i think i just inherited it genetically but you know my dad owns his own business my mom is a really hard worker so I think I just saw it growing up it was just like a part of our lives and it just was very natural definitely was enforced in the house you know what I mean like my parents were on me about everything and making sure all my ducks were in a row everything like that but they taught it in a way I think that you know served a purpose and it they taught me in a way of like hey this is for you like you doing your homework means nothing to us. Yeah, like, like we this don't is care. for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you have to build good habits and all those things. So yeah, I definitely think it was like how I grew up for sure. Nice. That kind of reinforced that.
0: Awesome. Uh, what did your dad do? What business was he? My in? dad
1: owns um, like a foundation land. De- he does land development, foundations, construction and stuff out in back in of Scotia. So, awesome. but he's been doing that for years and has a pretty healthy business. So he's and he built it kind of from the ground up. So. Um, And it's hard work, right? Like, he's in his 60s still and does, like, still out there doing crazy labor and all that kind of stuff. Because if one of his guys is sick or whatever, like, he still has to jump in. So he he works very, very hard.
0: Right. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God. I can't imagine, like, I mean, I think it's hard being in the, the sort of hard but probably rewarding being in, like, land development and stuff in Canada. But I can't imagine out east where it's, like always so much more snow than it is here in yeah. toronto like did, yep. did he like i guess he couldn't really work through the winter yeah they but would do some stuff some through stuff. the
1: winter but it definitely slows down but then it's like the panic of everybody trying to get things done before yeah, the winter before. and then in the breaks like when it gets a little bit nice out and you try to scramble to do a bunch of stuff and so yeah, yeah. he worked very very hard I'll, I'll give him that
0: yeah like i'm just even thinking about that like i know a lot of people in construction in toronto and like i respect the hell of them because of what they do and yeah, the, like 100%. just up at like 5 a.m and like the worst snowstorms and then i'm just like oh my god halifax like colder more snow, snow like yep, everything exactly like, it's definitely shit.
1: um definitely a grind but you know he was he worked really really hard and he built himself a pretty good pretty good life off of that so you know nice. it's, that's always been and like a good person to look yeah a good too. person to look up to and you know taught me a lot so especially now having my own business I call him all the time I'm like what do I do for payroll taxes like how do you do this how do you do that you know yeah. he's, he's been a good resource for me in that
0: yeah that's like perfect you have a mentor yeah, totally for all that
1: stuff yeah
0: Um, And so then what about going into high school? Like, did you, were you excited to get to high school? Did you kind of like not care about it?
1: Yeah, no, I was excited. I think like I, you know, at that time I was terrible at basketball when I was in junior high and I had worked really hard on my, my game heading into high school. And so I was kind of excited to like see if I could make the team and then I ended up making the team and actually playing. So, you know, that was fun for me. I went to a smaller school. So a lot of the people I went to high school were the people I knew my whole life. So there wasn't, it's not like Toronto where like, you're going into this new school and you, you might know a few people, you might not. Yeah. So it was, so there wasn't the same type of anxiety involved with like going to high school. Like right, a lot right. of the people in older grades are like our friends, siblings and right. you know, people you grew up with. So, um, it wasn't sort of that same type of nerve wracking transition. Um, but yeah, it was cool to like, you know, further my basketball career in that sense. And You know, I had, I have a lot of really great friends from high school that I'm still very close with now. So, you know, it was, it was a good, it was easier times. Nice. (laughs) Not much to worry about then.
0: Yeah. Simpler times for sure. Um, I'm curious, what drew you to basketball?
1: I don't really remember. Like, I think all my friends were playing it. There wasn't that many options. Like people basically played in Halifax, like basketball and soccer and hockey, but like hockey was not of interest to me. So um, and soccer, I just like never really took to it. So I tried everything. Like I played everything that I could play early on. Volleyball is not that big out there. Um, so yeah, I just, that's just like what everybody was doing. So nice. I just joined the team. Like, you know, we were in junior high and everybody was playing mini basketball and I was like, all right, cool, I'll play. I'll play. Yeah. yeah it was just like a fun thing that all my friends did. Um, and then it was something that I eventually just took serious, more seriously, but there wasn't like sort of a family history behind basketball. Like there wasn't much influence for me to play one thing or or do one thing over another, but um, I don't know why, I, I can't really remember how it started, but I think it was just, like, everybody was doing it, so I was like, oh, I'll so try that. Sure. Yeah, exactly, and nice. it, it stuck, apparently.
0: Nice. And what position did you play?
1: <laughs> I played mostly, like, small forward, that's probably, like, my best position, but I kind of played everything from, like, anything other than point guard. Okay. I could play, like, the two through the five, so. Nice. Just depending on the game situation, I was pretty tough, so they used to have me guard bigger girls a lot, and you know, I could shoot. That was kind of my thing. So, but yeah, I, you know, I, I pretty much did it all. Thanks. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Um, and then in like outside of basketball in high school, like, did you, um, did you sort of excel in any other subjects or were you like starting to form an opinion that you Mm -hmm. might want to go all in on
1: basketball? Yeah, I was, I was good in school. That was like not, there was no other option in my house, yeah, so yeah. I was. but I did well in school. There wasn't anything I really gravitated towards as far as, like, subjects, but I did, you know, with my dad being in business, I did really like business. So that's sort of – other than basketball, you know, I kind of knew that when I went to university, like, business is what I wanted to take. Sports, sport management programs weren't really a thing back then. Mm-hmm. When did you go to university? Uh, 2007 was my first year at university and I graduated in 2011. So okay, the so last you, 10 years 88? 89, yeah.
0: Oh, 89. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm li- I'm I'm actually 90 but I was like moved ahead so I was in the grade of 89. Yeah, so, yeah, so we're exactly, like literally yeah, the exact same age. age. Okay, so cool. back
1: then like 10 years ago or whatever, yeah, there was sports not- programs, there was there was like one or two, yeah. but it wasn't something that, and I was in Halifax, so it's like not really something you knew much about. You couldn't just so, go to
0: like the ACC. And yeah, like, yeah, and like
1: understand that that was an option. So, I, you true. know, business was what I wanted to do and, and, you know, and I thought, oh, I could do that sports business or music business or whatever it is. So I just thought business was like a good place to start. There wasn't anything else that really piqued my interest in the same way. Nice. So I was pretty pretty solid on what I was going to go into when I I was done high school.
0: And so you're just, like, picking this stuff as, like, okay, I guess I'll just try it kind of thing? Yeah,
1: like, I think, you know, I don't – I guess I didn't really realize until, like, later on in life, like, I've always been a very decisive person um, and a very thoughtful person in the same realm. So um, I decide – just decide things easy – and I put a lot of thought into them, but I also don't, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, where so many people that I know, like, kind of were spinning their wheels after high school. Like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to do. And just sort of, like, living in that indecision, I never um, I never really did that. Like, I was just like, oh, I like this. I like basketball. I like business. This is of interest to me. Oh, I'm going to oh. do that. Yeah. And, you know, I was always sort of taught, like you can reinvent yourself at any time. And doing that's something valuable. is better than doing nothing. So, you know, it was it's not really an option for me to just, like, not do anything mm-hmm. in the sense of, like, if I don't know what I'm going to do, I'm going to try something and see if I get any closer to finding out what I want to do. Exactly. As opposed to just, like, living in this sort of gray area. So that's something that I think I've naturally been good at. I think my parents have supported me in being good at. Um, and... I don't think I realized until later on in life that like how valuable that is. Yeah.
0: I think you know? I, I can relate to that too. Cause I'm the same way as you. And, and I, I realized later as well, I was like, damn, that's like people work to become that way. So if 100%. you're kind of naturally like yeah. that, it's like mm-hmm. very helpful. Definitely. And how many times have you been like redirected in a way that you wouldn't have even imagined from doing something many that times. you didn't even kind of care about. Yeah, or, like, exactly. cause you're like I'll just do anything. Many, many than, times. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. That's
0: awesome. So you did go to, you ended up going to university for mm-hmm. business, right? And yeah. sorry, and you went to the, the not Dalhousie. Um, i went
1: to st effects okay right right. yeah it's about two hours outside of halifax okay a little bit of distance still from close the, enough from the could, pair yeah yeah, from, yeah yeah, just from like what you just know. yeah what well,
0: you exactly yeah. so you all lived like friends, on campus and stuff
1: yeah i lived on campus did all that stuff um a lot of my friends went there because some of my friends were older you know so there was some familiarity there um but it nice. was like still new and like a great four years there it's a great school um a lot of fun I took finance oh god I know <laughs> Out of a snooze um I didn't want to take accounting because that felt too specific but some of the other programs just felt too vague so I'm like oh this will be like a skill you know yeah, that I can yeah. have um and
0: I didn't more enjoy, knowledge it, but... in like an area that yeah, you exactly definitely whether personally or professionally need yeah and have.
1: it was sort of one of those things I'm like what's going to be harder to teach myself oh, you know what I mean smart. in the workforce so it's like Marketing, like, yeah, there's a whole strategy, but I feel like I can learn that as I get into it as opposed to finance. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing anything related to that now. But yeah, exactly. But
0: at least you have a little bit of background. Yeah, exactly.
1: You have some knowledge, a base of knowledge.
0: Yeah. Um, It's so funny because like it's so ignorant, but like I grew up in Toronto. So like anytime I think of Halifax, I'm like, oh, there's one university and it's Dalhousie and that's it.
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot in Nova Scotia (laughs) just as a whole, like Acadia, (laughs) St. FX. Oh, I guess I've I've heard of Acadia as well. Dell, St. Mary's, and then a bunch Holy of smaller. Holy shit! There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. And Dallas like, is oh, huge too. there's so, Yeah, no, it's huge. <laughs> um,
0: that's awesome. And then you so so you continued to play basketball throughout college as well. So you were obviously good because to mm-hmm. make a college team is hard.
1: I didn't end up playing, but I was supposed to. But oh, then okay. I I got like I got sick and I couldn't really play anymore. And so. I could have probably gone back and played. I just decided not to. I just sort of took a step back and started involving myself in other things. And What sort of other things did you do? I did like every, I started coaching. I did like student leadership stuff at Santa Fex. Like I was on our marketing team. We did all these event stuff. You know, I just started like just branching out a little bit more. Um, And I think that actually served me pretty well because it it sort of forced me to figure out who I was without basketball and without the identity of being like an athlete. Right. Because that's what I was my whole life. And so I think that that was valuable to do that early because then when I came to my graduation and it was time for me to leave and go off into the real world, I had much more of an idea of who I was without that. And that, that adjustment is hard. It's hard for a lot of people. Yeah, and it was hard for me, and
0: especially like I can only imagine it would definitely be harder as the older you get because you've had more years. Yes, definitely. Know? So it's kind of, I guess it was like a blessing. Yeah, ultimately. for sure.
1: Yeah, I didn't think about it at the time, but looking back now, it was for sure it was helpful.
0: Was it a serious
1: illness or? So I went away um, on this Habitat for Humanity trip to Ecuador, and I came back, and I think I had some type of parasite or something, and oh, I was just shit. like not well for a while. It was just like couldn't do anything. Like I was, oh, no. you know, work out, pass out. Out, throw up like it was oh pretty bad. God. Yeah. So how you just long does it take that go time? I was not well for like a good year or two. Like as far as like oh my, my stomach God. and just like not feeling well, but like getting back to, pl- I probably could have gotten back to playing at that point, but I just like I was kind of done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fuck a year. That's a long time. It's a long time. And you're like totally good now. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And those things just take time. Yeah. I like, guess. You know, so. it's just, that's it has just to get out
0: of your body and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly um interesting so then you leave um university and like did you immediately come to toronto like what was your mindset Mm -hmm. i always love asking people this because like for me i graduated um you know all of that stuff i like finished school and i'm like now what like i had no idea
1: yeah i spent like my whole fourth year sort of trying to figure out what i wanted to do where i wanted to go i don't do well with idle time so i wasn't interested in just like graduating and figuring it out that wasn't in my nature. So in my fourth year, I started emailing people, reaching out to people, just trying to figure out who I knew, um, you know, kind of settled on the fact that I wanted to work in sports business. And the main place for that would just would for sure be Toronto, like in the, in Canada. So, um, came up to toronto in my reading week like in february to meet with a bunch of people try to have some coffees like have a little vacation too but also you know just try to meet people and see like what there was out there and i realized very very quickly that nobody was really going to take me seriously unless i lived here Mm -hmm. um people were great they were super nice there was potential opportunities but it just i had to live here so um and
0: where were you uh reaching out to oh
1: like so many different people like when i used to work in radio i met a girl who worked for Canada. So then, you know, one of my, a girl that I played high school basketball with, her dad worked for MGD, and MGD was a partner of the Raptors, and he connected me with a couple people on the business side, and I just was, like, pounding the pavement for anybody that I could meet, and anybody that would meet me, Um, and from there, I cut a deal with my parents, and... Asked, basically bribed them to support me for a month of living in Toronto and then after, to find a job in sports. And then after that, I'd just get any job to, um, to pay the bills and then, you know, keep trying. And then I was also going to go to George Brown, sport and event marketing in the fall. So um, I moved up. I signed a lease for May 1st. My graduation, if I have the time around, my graduation day at Saint FX was March, May 3rd. And I moved like two days later.
0: Oh wow! So you were just like gone. Damn, I was
1: gone. Nice. So, and, and did
0: you ha- did you get something right away?
1: Yeah, I got about a month.
0: Oh, so you had your you had I your did, uh, took yeah. You a month. I had the
1: month. Yeah, it took me a month, and I, so I, I it probably took me a little. I started in mid June, but I got the offer, you know, right at that sort of month mark. Amazing, so I got lucky. Yeah. And what
0: was it? What did it end up being? So
1: it ended up being um, an administrative assistant position at mlse working for a guy by the name of dave hopkinson who now is like a good friend of mine um and a mentor as i would i don't like that word but a mentor for all intents and purposes um as his assistant.
0: Which is so difficult to get. So you're so like I feel like you really, really pushed. Yeah. I
1: got really lucky. I got lucky. There's just like a combination of different things. And I had another potential opportunity at MBA Canada. And if that one had fallen through, I would have taken that one, but it was a contract position. Oh okay. So So yeah the girl um that I knew at the MBA was so sweet. She let me, you know, she let me basically she knew Dave and she said, you know what? She's like, we're gonna offer you this job but Wait and make the decision. Let's see what happens with this one. Aww. And she said, "If you don't get it, we'll hire you for this." But she's like, "I'd rather you get a full time job." Yeah, so that was really cool of her. Wow, that's very. I, I nice. always, I'll always remember that for sure. So yeah, it. Um, and so I worked for him for two years. Um. Moved on to work in our foundation. Um, he had this sort of thing where he would train his assistants and move them into different parts of the business. So he had had multiple assistants prior that he had moved on to, like, the music side and the partnership side. It was really cool. So awesome. I was there for two this years. Yeah, perfect. he was a really great, great teacher. Um, moved into the foundation side for about eight months, moved back and worked for him for another year and a half stint. And that's how I met Masai and everybody and moved over onto the basketball side. Um, ran our G League team for two years. Um, when, nine when you say started, run,
0: like in, um, in what capacity, administrative side? I ran all or? the
1: basketball operations side of the team.
0: Okay. Nice. So all the
1: day to day stuff of, you know, it's different in the NBA side. You have multiple people doing that job. Yeah. In the, um, in the G league side, it's like one person. Literally. So yeah. We started the team, which was cool. And, was sorry. That's Raptors year. 905. Yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Raptors 905. So. Um, I, like, helped get the team up and running. Did that for two years. We won a championship in our second season. Yeah, because um, it's
0: re- reasonably new, right? Like, yeah. how, how long in the... This is only the...
1: Team? This is the... Um, this is the fifth season
0: oh wow yeah so. is that standard because i feel like do other um like baseball and hockey all of them have farm teams but yeah. is like do other nba teams have yeah them? there's a
1: whole the g league is like i think at 27 teams now so we're getting close oh. to every nba team having their own affiliate we're getting so there. we were
0: like one of the last to sort of jump on i guess there
1: was uh not really the league has expanded like very very drastically in the last little bit a lot of um, teams before were just locally run teams that the MBAs would sign affiliate deals with. Okay. It's sort of the new wave now where teams are just buying their own teams and having them in the same market. Oh, you know, that's okay. sort of the new wave that everybody's on. So we um, we set a pretty good standard for that.
0: Nice. Yeah. Um sorry, we hopped around there a little bit. Mm-hmm. So um you basically bounced around MLSE mm-hmm. and then worked for our, and then so tell me about like when you met Masai and stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was working with him on a couple different projects, um, and I was coming to the end of me working for Dave for the second stint. We'd had a little a little handshake agreement on how long I would stay, So, um, and then Mathai approached me about the 905 job when the 905 team sort of came to be, and so, I, you know, that was sort of working on the business side, which is what I wanted to do. I wanted to work in sports business, but I didn't know much about the basketball side. Like... Obviously, I knew there were presidents and GMs and stuff, but just not being from there and not being in that world, I didn't really understand that there was a whole side of, you know, the front office side. And so um, seeing that when I was on the business side, I was like, oh, that actually might be something that might be better for me than even the sports business side. Like, I really had genuine sports business interest most a lot of people get in the sports business side to try and make a jump to the team side and that wasn't me at that point oh um that wasn't something I had like aspirations to do but as I started to see it I was like oh wow that's actually that might be a better fit for me like basketball is sort of a culture that I feel like I fit into and that I belong to so um the more I saw that side the more I realized that might be a place for me and then luckily Masai kind of approached me with that opportunity and um haven't looked back since so
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then, so tell me about, I know you said you you were in radio for a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. well when did that sort of happen?
1: When I was in college, um, basically, same thing, like I said, like I was always looking for jobs that I was like interested in as opposed to just like, you know, taking whatever jobs you could get at like as like an 18 year old. And so I had seen, and I don't remember where, but I remember like going to an event and seeing like the radio, like street teams um, and I was like, oh, that would be such a fun summer job. Like, you basically drive around in this cool car. I yeah. love driving. Like, I had my license. I had a car. I love driving. So I was like, that's so cool. You basically drive around all summer and go to cool events and, like, pass out free shit. Like, that sounds fun. I want to do that. Yeah. So there was a radio station in, um, like, a newer radio station in Halifax called Z1035, which you guys had here for a long time. Oh, too. I was like, yeah. wait,
0: what? Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, we still have it here. Yeah, I
1: think. And But I think it's, like.
0: Or it's changed. A country
1: station now? What? Or I don't know. It, 1035 in Halifax, I think, is now a country station. I don't even know. But. Do you
0: know what? I did see on Twitter that something, like, the hosts changed and everything. And mm-hmm. I feel like maybe iHeartRadio bought it now. But, like, mm. I honestly don't listen to the radio. But I feel like I'm going to go upstairs and, and listen check, now. Because, yeah yeah. we yeah, that was, like, we, we, like, lived off of that station in Toronto for years. Yeah. Like, that was, like, what I grew up on.
1: It was, like, the first, in Halifax, it was, like, the first sort of... We had this top radio station 40. called C100, but it was more like adult top forty, like poppy. Yeah. This was like the first station that would like actually play rap and yeah. like R and B and stuff like that. So it was like the cool station. So I was like, I want to work there. So um, I put my resume. In. I was at the time I had another job too, so I was working part time on their street team. And then the following summer, they asked me to come back and like run the street team program, oh, nice. like the summer program. And so I did that for, I think, for another two years, like while I was in school. Um, so I used to do like the check-ins, you know, you'd call in from wherever mm, you're yeah. on, do the check-ins and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I love working at radio. That's actually how I met um, the girl I was talking about from NBA Canada. So it was oh. cool. You got to go to all these events and meet all kinds of people. So that's what I liked about it. It was always different.
0: Amazing. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um okay yeah so then jumping back to um working with um raptors 905 and like Mm -hmm. doing all that so then sorry so what happened after directly after that um bring me up to speed again with like yeah so i worked for 905
1: for two years we won the championship there was an opening on the Raptors side that they asked me to come up and do okay um, that's right so i moved up to the Raptors side and that's what i'm doing now
0: and then what were you doing okay and you're still in the exact same position Mm -hmm, now yeah so and what is that manager um, of player development amazing so what does that entail can you like tell us a little yeah bit? so it's
1: more, mostly focused around like the off-court development of all of our athletes so making sure that they have the resources and the tools to to continue to grow on the court but also off the court so, and so that's what is different that? for every every guy
0: yeah so what does like what can you give me like some examples of that? yeah like them? we do all
1: kinds of like life after basketball programming like if they want to connect with someone in a business that they're interested in we help them with that stuff you know wellness stuff um building their brand like all of those sort of oh, different nice. sort of things that it's basically taking the view of a whole person as opposed to just an athlete right yeah and that's kind of i feel like cool. surge is
0: doing such a good job with that like, we have so
1: many guys that do a really good job yeah we really, really do we really do like that's amazing. you know we have guys with clothing lines and guys with shows and just guys that are doing unbelievable work in the community like we have a lot of really good guys they're they're amazing
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever done any Giants of Africa stuff?
1: Yeah, I've worked on some GOA stuff. Obviously, everybody's pretty involved with GOA with Maasai. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's it's that's uh, a pretty amazing program.
0: Um, a random question for you. you: Do you know you don't know Jeff Gariak by any chance? To you? Yeah, he used to
1: work at MLSE. He's my brother. No way! Yeah, shout <laughs> and out he's, Jeff. He's done
0: all the like the videography for. Yeah, he's been doing forever. the
1: GOA stuff for forever. Mm-hmm. I've known him like when I worked on the business side when he was. Oh so, yeah, my god, that's hilarious! Small world. I know. Susie started saying like Messiah and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I feel yeah. like for sure oh, yeah, she definitely. does. Like, Please how... tell me say hi. Yes, I will. And I think I saw him the other day. Like not, I saw him not long ago for sure. Oh yeah, yeah that's awesome he's still around we see him
0: yeah yeah, yeah. and funny. he still does so much work with them just on yeah, like exactly.
1: Contract. On contract, so, yeah exactly
0: on contracts yeah cool mm-hmm. I know is this is a small, small world? world Toronto's big but it's so small especially
1: sports it's like yeah
0: yeah Um. Oh yeah. So um. Okay. So tell me how like you're working, and then obviously I want to get into your business. But Mm. how does it work? Like now, like you're obviously not in like a nine to five capacity with your rappers, are you? So like, how does it? Like, can you bring me through like an average day of yours? Um. If if one exists. Yeah. No. There's
1: like it doesn't really exist. But usually I get up around like six. I try to work out in the mornings, because that's kind of like the only time that I get to myself. So, um, luckily the NBA world doesn't start to like a little bit later in the day. It's not like an early morning thing. So, um, usually I get up, um, work out, come home, try to like maybe get something around the house done. Um, So, practice day, go into the office, handle everything I need to handle there. Try to swing by Mac House when I'm done. Head to a player appearance. Usually, I have meetings or stuff in the evening, or we have more player stuff, or we have a game like all of that kind of stuff. So, I just try to like literally maximize every second of every day, which is like why I was late today because <laughs> like I'm so okay. I schedule myself so rigidly. Like, if one thing goes awry, I'm like your whole day, I'm the off. whole I'm off the whole day, but um, yeah, like luckily, I have um. A pretty amazing staff person at mac house her name's jess that kind of runs like the day-to-day in the studio so i can i always know that she's got that so a lot of the stuff i've tried to focus on like now especially now that it's up and running and it's doing well in the beginning i felt like i had to be in there all the time because yeah. it's your baby and that's what you feel like you need to do but um now i try to like you know, take the calls and bigger picture strategy stuff and emails and sourcing different things and, and the business development side. So I'm, it's gotten a little better cause I'm not as like desperate to get in there. Like yeah. if I don't make it in there today, it's okay. Like I'll go tomorrow. Yeah. And, yeah. and the studio will survive, but thrive like, Jess is there, Marcia, who also works for us, too. She's amazing. So, like, I've gotten to a really good place with that. So I can do a lot of it mobile. So as I'm on the go, like, taking calls and different things, I just try to juggle it the best I can and try to give my best to both. Um, And does, like, obviously, MLSC knows that you have this and They were Uh cool with you. Yeah, they've been cool with it. Like I said, as long as you, like, as long as, you know, you're still fulfilling your role and you're doing everything that you need to do – they don't really care. That's They've been actually great. really supportive, you know.
0: That's so it's really good, cool, and yeah. it's I guess it's somewhat synonymous with what you do as well. So like maybe yeah. that helps too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But there's so many employers that would have like such a problem with yeah, that. Yeah, so no, so I'm so lucky. That. We've had
1: like, you know, our players come in. We have like our staff people come in. Like everybody's been like super supportive of it. It's nice. cool. So like I said, as long as your quality of work doesn't falter it's not really much, you know? Yeah. There's not really much they can say, but like I said, it's not been like that. It's been, they've been super supportive. It's been really cool.
0: Sweet. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tell me about the conceptualization of Mac House. Like where did the idea even sort of come to you or start? Mm -hmm. Like what was happening?
1: So Mac House is started with me painting sneakers. So I was looking for kind of a creative outlet. Obviously my job is super busy and, you know, always looking for things to kind of just like, decompress a little bit, just take care of yourself, like something that you can do solely for yourself. Um, And so someone suggested to me that I should have like a creative outlet. And I was, you know, I thought that was great, but I also don't love to do things that I'm not good at. Mm -hmm. So just like sitting down and painting on a canvas, it's like, but I can't draw anything. Yeah, It's like, but that's not the point. I'm like, okay, well. For me though, it is. For me, like if I just come out with this, Shitty painting. I don't want it. Like, that's that's not fun for me. Yeah. So, um, I think I saw, like, sneaker painting on, like, I don't know, Instagram somewhere or YouTube or whatever it was. And I thought, oh, that's cool. And I've loved sneakers for a long time. I have a pretty big sneaker collection. You know, sneakers have always been something I've been passionate about. Um, so i was like oh that's pretty cool like and i love coloring books like i just think coloring books are so dope like adult coloring books are like so
0: fun and they're beautiful
1: super cool and i was like oh that's cool like it's kind of like coloring books for like for sneakers so i was like let me try this so i bought like two bottles of paint like it was like 10 bucks or whatever and i took an old pair of sneakers and i and i was like oh this is like really cool i'm like i'm kind of good at this like i could do this what what were the sneakers the original ones were a pair of old, really old pair of Jordan Tens that I had played in. So like you didn't care. Yeah, and like I just tried. Like it had three different types of surfaces on. It had like a, a like a patent leather. It had a regular leather, and it had mesh. So I could kind of like try it on all the surfaces and just like see what it was like.
0: And did you know immediately what type of paint to get? So or did you have to. Like- I
1: had. I did some research, and there was like this one brand, Angelus, which we use in the studio now. But it was like. It was really easy. Like, they made it for sneaker customization. Okay. So it's not like you have to, like, rig up anything. It was, like, all their products were made for that, and they had everything. Oh, nice. From the tone – like, and they had YouTube video tutorials on every one of their products. It's really, really cool. It's honestly – they've done an amazing job with that brand and, like, making it really accessible. So I literally just watched a lot of YouTube videos and kind of just taught myself. And then you can go deeper as you want to go deeper, but even – the step to just paint one sneaker one color is, like, not that hard, you yeah. know? So, taught myself, started painting sneakers for friends, for the players, people having babies, that kind of stuff. Um, didn't want it. People are like, oh, you should start charging. And I'm like, I don't want to because I don't need another job. Like, mm-hmm. this has never been about me making money. This is about me having something that I can just do for fun with no end game." And... I didn't want it to become something else I had to do. So if a friend gave me their sneakers, like, if it takes me six hours and I knock them out because I have time that day, great. If it takes me six weeks, you're not paying for them, so you're, yeah, you can wait. Yeah, so, so you wait,
0: yeah. Yeah, so,
1: you know, but as I started doing it, people were, like, asking me to kind of teach them. They're like, I want to do a pair myself, but can I come to the house and, like, you show me how to do it? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, like, no problem. And then I realized, like, yo, if I can teach myself, I have no artistic experience or ability per se, um, I can like for sure teach other people and kind of bring the same experience and the same kind of like escape and joy that it gave me to other people. I was like, this could actually kind of work. So that's where Mac house was born.
0: That's amazing. So when were you like, okay, I think I need to start a business doing this. So
1: I thought up the idea at all star in Charlotte last February and then Mac house opened June 1st. Oh my God. I'm the so doer. So were you just, like,
0: so, I, and, like, did the, because you talk about, like, how you didn't necessarily want to sell them, but you would, you're, you'd, you're more so selling the education of it. Exactly, that, yeah. yeah,
1: and I, you know, it's, it still hasn't taken the joy out of, like, painting sneakers for me, Good. you know what I mean? Like, so. Which, that happens. Yeah, I've and, and painting sneakers is honestly very time consuming, like, you, that's all you can do, like, I can run a business on the move, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I can answer emails, calls, as I'm running from one thing to the other, like, you if you're painting sneakers you're sitting down and painting sneakers and i'll be completely honest like there to me there are two levels of like customization there are like people who do art on sneakers like you'll see a pair of vans that's like the most detailed drawing of the avengers you've ever seen like and those customs and those items are sold for a premium because it's art like people are spending like a hundred hours on one pair of shoes you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's, it's understandable. And I was never that, like I was more switching colorways like color for people. Blocking, yeah. Like I can't draw, like I can't draw a good smiley face on your shoe, let alone, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I never, not that I didn't feel like my art was like worthy of selling, but it was just, there are people out there selling their work who have put in years and years of experience. For me, it was just about like the process. And I wanted to like share that process with other people. It was never about, selling shoes you know what I mean yeah, yeah. and yeah. so I, I just felt like the space and having a space where people could go and hang out and having it sort of be the sort of community hub which is totally turned into nice. would be dope and I've always had like I said the business side the entrepreneurial side is always like a something mm-hmm. that I've had and so I just hadn't in the last years had an idea that I felt strongly enough about to like move on move on and also like run myself into the ground for because yeah. like I don't work a 40 hour a week job like it's not that cut and dry so I really have to like love something and believe in something to take on something on top of the work that I'm already doing which is a lot right um and so yeah that's how Macos was born and I'm just the kind of person that when I think of an idea I'm either gonna do it or I'm gonna let it go yeah so that's why February to June it was like I'm doing this let's or move. not you know what I mean and so That's just kind of how I've always been.
0: And did you just, like, jumpstart? Like, okay, business plan, then Mm da-da-da, and you did all
1: that? Yep. And and why Mac House? Where'd the name come from? So the name comes from, um, so I obviously I'm from out east. Um, I wanted it to have some kind of tie back, back to, like, my childhood or where I'm from. Um, I wanted it to have a very specific feel. East Coast is very, like, doors open, everybody hanging out you know, doors always open kind of vibe. Um, and I really, really want to make us like emulate that. So I started thinking of like, what are some things that I used to do growing up or like that are, that have been significant to me and my life in the East coast. And one thing that we used to do is we used to fish mackerel oh. off the dock of the, the, it was a piece of land at the time it's now where my dad lives. Um, and like I did that a million times with a lot of different people in my family, my friends. So, Mackerel, a.k.a. Mac house oh. There's lots of other, like, things you could have related to, but that sounded cool, too, so... It, yeah. It's a, good,
0: it's a good middle ground. No, and I like the backstory, and it's a very nice, clear, concise, like, Mac House. Like, it's very, like, strong yeah. and just, like... Yeah, it's exactly. The some, sound was important to me, like... I think it very much is. I think people sometimes don't put enough emphasis on, on that. And also, even with, like, you know, social media and things like mm-hmm. that, like, if it's too much... Yeah. Uh, like, even um, that fucking, um, like, Ebates thing that's, like, now Rakuten. Like, when I hear, see that commercial, I'm like, get this off. Because it's, <laughs> why did you choose such a complicated name?
1: Yeah, and like, now you're and making like, a joke out of it. And now but you're it's make, also like, complicated. I, I so. never want to
0: shop there ever because it pisses me off.
1: <laughs> I know. It's so interesting. And, yeah, like, the sound, like, I had other names, but, like, they didn't roll off the tongue in the same way. Yeah. And the house part was important to me. Like, I, I thought about lab for a while. Like, lab was kind of the word that I was, like, really drawn to. And then the more I said it and the more i mulled it over it felt very like sterile to me and i didn't want mac house to be that yeah so um house is kind of like very much and you know people in the east coast and the, the one main difference that i think i've noticed um that i've noticed since i've moved here is like Out east, people open up their homes a lot more freely. Like I've had friends here; it's like I've known them for like four years before I ever saw the inside of their house. Yeah, in Halifax, (laughs) like you could meet someone once and invite them to your house House, like like the the next next day. day. Yeah. So how the word house and the concept of home was like really important to me because it's just important to like how I was raised and like the environment that I was raised in. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. It's a great name. Thank you.
0: Um. So people for. Sorry, for people who are just hearing about Mac House Mm. for the first time ever on this podcast. Yes. What is like, like I want you to sort of tell us about exactly what it is and like what would someone experience Mm -hmm. um, sort of like from step one and onward if you can tell us. So
1: Mac House is a self-service sneaker customization studio where anybody of any artistic ability can bring their own pair of shoes in and create their own one-of-one masterpiece. And so... Um, You're the one doing the customizing, but we're there to guide you through all the steps and kind of give you the tips and tricks along the way. So we run sessions every day, um, three a day from Monday to Saturday, 12, three, and six o'clock, and then 12 and three on Sundays. Um, So what you can kind of expect when you come in is you bring your shoes in, you'll have a person, a designated person who's trained and everything, usually it's Jess or Marcia or sometimes myself if I decide to like moonlight once in a while. Um... And they're going to basically walk you through the entire process. So the first process is always the prepping. You know, you have to strip the factory finish off the shoe because then anything you lay down will actually stay. And then we reseal it all afterwards for oh, you. Nice. So the prepping start The prepping um, start is like really important. And then from there, we have the entire collection of Angelus paints, which are like literally every color under the rainbow. And also... Um, they have a ton of collector's edition paints that are, like, color matched to some of the most, like, iconic releases. So, like, the Shattered Backboards, the Shadow Grays, the infrared Nike pink color that was, like, crazy popular in, like, the early 2010s, um, you know, tour yellow Jordan color. Like, there's just some really, really dope ones. And then all the paint's mixable, so if you just don't see what you want, which is, like, kind of hard because there's every, every color. Thing. There's, like, 80 colors, I think. Like, it's wow. amazing. You can mix them. So if, like, one's just, like, a little dark, you could just lighten it up, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, so that takes, like, the most time just because the paint takes a few coats to go on. But when you once you get it on... Um, It really, like, looks like it was made that way. Like, it's pretty dope how, like, how well the paint goes on. And then from there, we have, like, a full deconstruction, reconstruction station. So, Air Force Ones, you can take off the swoosh, paint it, lay it down elsewhere. We have studding. We have extra fabric for people who are, like, really creative. Laces. Laces. Yep, so that's like kind of like our last step. So then from there, we have a print gun with these really cool logos in it, so you can do the print gun right on the shoe. Um, And then from there, we'll seal the whole shoe. That's always the last step um and then we have lace locks in a million different colors um neons metallics all that stuff we have a huge selection of laces and lace aglets like the tips the metal tips and so that is like when you're fully done you can grab a new pair of laces grab a new fresh pair of lace locks and lace aglets and kind of like bring your whole design together and then of course we have like a ring light and a photo box and all those things oh nice because you got to capture it for the gram so yeah yeah that's the experience um it's always gonna be sort of a fun experience. We're always playing music in the studio. Um, it's meant to be just like a dope place for people to come together. Some people talk, some people don't, but you know, the, the person um, leading the session is always gonna make an environment that sort of everybody can function in. Um, but yeah, it's it's super fun. It just amazing. like has a dope atmosphere. We're at Stacked Market um so we're in a shipping container. Yes, which, so which is, is also super cool. So yeah. Cool. And stacked itself is just like really awesome. You go grab a beer afterwards or food or you know there's yeah. just lots around That's there. That's
0: a perfect spot for uh, that type of business. It, it's such yeah, a hub for that. It like,
1: really really is. We've had a lot of success there and uh, yeah I can't see us leaving there anytime soon. So but, yeah, that's kind of, like, the MAC experience. And then we also have been doing a lot of pop-ups. Oh, Like, nice. pop-ups at other locations. We have, like, a fast MAC pop-up that we do at parties, like, which is more of a fast custom with, like, lace locks, laces, like, you know, if you're yeah. at, like, a function. Um, but, yeah, it's been crazy. Like, it's just – it's going in a direction that I could have never imagined and, like, very quickly. Yeah. It's been really cool. Well, it's
0: such, like, a – it's such a, a world collide of two industries that have been somewhat, like – underground for so many years like sneaker collectors and sneaker culture has been so sub for so long which i don't know why Mm -hmm. and same with like diy and like thrift even and just like Mm -hmm. that whole like customization thing yeah like so so like to mash those together in this time like you literally hit the jackpot with like your timing your concept like Mm -hmm. everything people are exactly are wanting like i can't tell you how many brands i've talked to recently were like well, I'm sure you're seeing this everywhere. Like, every day a new big box store is closing because they just can't yeah. get people in there anymore. Yep. And the stores that are opening are, like, stores that you've never seen. Like, maybe there's a bit of merch, but it's more an experience. There's, like, you said, know, yeah. there's, like, a photo booth. Oh or, like, gosh. there's an activity. Because, yes. like, yep. that's what you you need to get people out. Otherwise, they yes. are just going to buy your shit online. Buy Why would online. you go? and?
1: That's totally, like, it's totally it, right? So, and I just totally believe that in in an era of, like, mass production and mass capitalism, all these different things, people are looking for two things, like, connection and experience and, like, individuality. Like, you don't want what everybody else has. Yeah. So even if you take a all-white Air Force and you add, like, a dope-colored swoosh, which is, like, a really simple, simple process, people are still going to be like, yo, what are those? And yeah. it's like, nah, bro, you can't get these. Like, yeah. you know, so there's just, like, this – people just want to do things and want to experience things and want to do it themselves like gone to the like you said if you're if you're just gonna like buy some at a real estate you're just gonna buy it online yeah you're not going to you gonna know come so out. yeah the boutique experience like is kind of reviving like we went through this weird sort of stage of like big box stores being everything and it like shutting down a lot of small businesses and I totally think the small to medium-sized business is like back on like the where it's at. Yeah. Now, yeah. It's where it's at now. So
0: long as they are adjusting and including that sort of like, exactly. experience. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, yeah, your product has to be good. Your shopping experience has to be good. All of those things. Yeah. But it's, and that you can kind of create easier in a small to medium sized business. So I think like you're going to, I totally agree. I think that's where the industry is going. Yeah. And I think people just like, you know, things are getting expensive. And if yeah, you spend money too. on stuff, you want like, you want the whole experience. Like we went, my boyfriend and I went couch shopping the other day and we went to like five different places and like there was good stuff at everyone, but we had a girl at a place that we went who was so helpful she was just like she went up totally above and beyond like we're probably gonna go back and buy it from there yeah. because the experience and like how she explained everything to us and how helpful she was you just like, like feel good you feel good about it you're like no like I'm way more inclined to buy there than I'm gonna be to just buy from someone else who like barely grunted at me when I was in the store yeah you yeah. know what I mean no
0: totally mm-hmm. Um, so you do so you have to bring your own sneakers yes bring and your then own. do you just sort of like pay a fee and then you have whatever tools that exactly. you want to use
1: mm-hmm. so we run our sessions are two hours and it's $95 for the two hours and everything and anything is included in that two hours so there's no limits there's no add-ons like that's what the experience costs and you're going to be guided through the whole thing and you can do as much or as
0: little as you want exactly
1: if you want to come in and just paint the swoosh go for it you know if you want to come in and draw a rose on the side of a shoe because you're an artist you can do that too you know so we'll kind of guide everybody through the different steps and then you know from there it's kind of on you know we're there to help, but it's it's what, what your idea and bring your idea to life. So for for people who aren't as artistic, a lot of shoes are essentially like a color bo- coloring book. They have, you know, panels. panels and And, and it, it's a lot easier to, like, where, piece it where out. Yeah, exactly. like that's that. where I live. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of where I live. I love that, too. But then, like, we've had people come in. We had a girl come in and did, like, a wave on one side of the shoe and a cherry blossom on the other. And she was, like, an exceptional artist. So, you know, there's just, like... It can be anything you want it to be, which is super cool. Which is yeah, which I think And there's no the limits, you know. You're not going to be charged extra for laces or anything like that. Like that's the fee and that's that includes everything in the experience.
0: Nice. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um what players have you ca- had come in?
1: We had the 76ers in like a week or two oh, ago. Really? That's yeah, awesome. we have a couple more coming in this Sunday. We've had guys, like different guys come in at different times, like, you know, so it's pretty it's pretty cool like they're um they get a little lazy, though. They like when I do them for them. <laughs> they're spoiled. But, yeah, no. they're It's cool. It's cool to see... Um, it's just cool to see people, at, like, in different elements. So, like, having the 76ers guys in the other day was really neat. Like, just seeing them out of their element and doing something different. Yeah, like, and a couple of the guys were, like, really good.
0: Wow. Like, they in, had, who in particular? Can you name names?
1: They were all good, honestly. Like, everybody had their own kind of, like, flair. But it was, like, it was really cool. Like, Jonah Bolden did a really dope pair, like it's on our instagram like oh, nice. really just really cool like these guys are like you know basketball players first but a lot of them are really creative really into fashion really into color blocking really into art like they just have all these other interests so it's cool to see it all kind of come out yeah in different ways i always love that i love that about my job so it's cool to like kind of marry those two together
0: totally and i was just gonna say like it is interesting to be able to sort of nourish because i think traditionally in like professional um athletics Mm. whatever your sport you know um it was like yeah have your hobbies and stuff but like you know do it later do it at another time and usually it would have probably nothing to do with what you actually did professionally but Mm -hmm. like this is really even extra interesting because sneakers are so synonymous with basketball like so Mm -hmm. it's just like so hand in hand it's so like yeah it's just a really amazing um concept and i haven't been but i really want to come please come yes i would love to um, have you it's, uh, like, I, I've seen a bit on Instagram and online yeah. stuff, and I'm like, this is, that's why I wanted to have you on here so badly. I'm like, this is yeah. the coolest fucking idea. I'm so happy that Thank someone you. is doing it. Um, yeah, and I love it. So, I want to ask you, like, uh, where I know it's kind of, like, just tumbling mm-hmm. where and getting a life of its own, but where, where do you sort of, what do you have planned for it this year?
1: Yeah, I think, like, this year, I'm just trying to figure out, like, what normal is for Mac House, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, the first yeah. six months are so, like, you know, just predictions you make about the business are just like straight up wrong like I thought January was gonna be dead and it was like one of our busiest months oh, wow. so far and I was like what like okay. what's busy in January like what is happening yeah here? like
0: the gym that's it yeah and <laughs> I was
1: like I don't know if we just like hit on a couple of articles at the right time and it just I'm not sure but and so are you open May of 19 June of 19 Oh, okay so you're not even mm-hmm. a year old yet no yeah we're okay. like seven months in so um I'm just really trying to figure out, like, what the new normal is. Like, what is normal for Mac House? Like, are we really appointments-based? Are we more events-based? And so, you know, I'm just trying to, as much as possible, just put the brand and partner with the best people. I think we're at the point now where we have a little bit of notoriety and popularity, which is great. But, um, you know, I built this with a very specific feel, a very specific vibe. And... it was basically meant to feel a certain way. And so I've been really, really careful. We've had lots of opportunities to partner with different brands and I've been really careful what we do and don't do. Um, so I just really want to continue that energy into 2020. Um, I really want to um, just partner with brands that you know are aspirational brands, brands that fit our vibe that yeah. you know that just sort of come with the same set of values that we have. Um, and what just would keep be, it growing, you Yeah, know?
0: Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. What would be, like, no. a dream brand this year for you to work with?
1: You know, it's kind of crazy. Like, I feel like we've worked with a lot already. Which, um, which ones have you worked with? We've done, like, we've done stuff with Nike, Adidas, Reebok, um, Puma. We've, you know, we have something coming up this month that I can't really talk about yet, but it's nice. really cool. Like, we're just in all these different spaces, and but I think, um you know, I think we've done a good job of like making sure all those partnerships are like authentic and they've been really great. I mean, like obviously the ultimate dream would like, I would love for Mac house to have a shoe someday. You know what I mean? Like it's own shoe. That'd be dope. Um, so, you know, just keeping, I, I'm a very, um, structured person. And like when I get something in my head, it's hard for me to get out. So I'm, I'm really making my best efforts to just keep pushing the business forward, but not getting too stuck in what I see for Mac house because I want it to kind of tell me, Um, and if I get something in my head, I don't want to be too rigid in that. So I'm just kind of like letting it flow and seeing where, where it goes. But, you know, I'd love to open up another location in another city and like expand that way. I think that would be the most organic next step, but you know, there's no immediate plans for that, but that's kind of what I envision.
0: Nice. And that's really good. I think too, that you're saying that, um, I think that's a really good outlook to just be like, you know, let it tell you versus trying mm-hmm. to like force it a certain yeah. way. Cause like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, any business, like any successful business or brand owner that I've ever listened to speak has kind of all done that. They're like, yeah. I don't know, like I just was following it yep and yeah, you let you have it have to. its own life and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome.
1: I know. I like, even there was times when, like when I first started I'm like, I'm going to do this for seven months, six, seven months, whatever our lease is. But, like, maybe this is actually more of, like, an event mobile business. Yeah. Like, maybe it doesn't need a standalone space. Like, maybe we take this experience and just move it around. And, like, there's definitely an appetite for that. And we do that. But there's an appetite for the studio. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. we do both. So, um, yeah, I really just want to, like, see where it takes me. And, like, you know, I just – I love it. I think it's so cool. Like, I just – it's my baby. And I just love going in there. And I love everything about it. Like, it's just so dope. And it makes me – makes me better at my other job like you that balance when you're kind of like even though I'm like so much busier and I'm really pushing myself to like my physical limits just as far as time and sleep and all of those things um it's giving me a level of balance and just like a level of satisfaction in like all the areas that are important to me as like a human so it's like fulfilling me in many ways um so that's been really really cool like it's just it's super dope
0: that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy to hear I can't yeah. wait to come
1: check it out. I know. I would love to have you in. Thanks.
0: Um, okay, so before I let you go, uh, mm-hmm. tell me about your sneakers that you brought today.
1: Yeah, so I brought today the Emma Meunier Air Force Ones Hand Wash Cold. They just came out, I think, two months ago. Um, Emma Meunier is a super dope brand. Um in the States, they have a bunch of retail stores, um, all under the umbrella of James Whitner, who's like a friend, I'm lucky to call him a friend, but also like an unbelievable, like entrepreneur who got to start in like clothing and sneakers and retail. Um, so he designed these shoes along with, um, one of our other friends. And so they're very personal shoe for me. Like I know the people who made them and I know the story behind them and hand wash cold is all about like taking care of of the things you have, you know, del- when you have delicates and things you want to protect, you hand wash cold. Yes. So, um, the shoe is just itself is so dope. It has like so many amazing like textures and fabrics on it and I love a good sort of 3M reflective and it has the iridescent 3M and it has suede. It just has like everything a dope sneaker should have. And I love the Air Force One silhouette. Um, It's personal to me about like with Mac house, that's like our kind of go-to shoe. Um, So that's, uh, it's hard for me to choose. I have so many pairs of shoes that I love, um, but that one's like a really personal one for me. It's cool to, it's cool to like wear it and be like, I know who made this shoe and I know everything that they stand for. And this shoe was like a total representation of that. And I, you know, to me, they're like an aspirational brand. even though we're in different areas like i look to them a lot for what they're doing um their vibe is just so cool everything they're doing is just so focused and rooted in their communities that they're in and they're just amazing so that's why i brought them um i have like so many other shoes that i love the melody asani jordan ones that dropped this year like one of my favorite releases um just i'm all for like female sneaker drops like Females designing kicks that Nike are now pushing out that are selling like well beyond, so, yeah. you know what some of the male drops like the Aleleys, the Aleley Mays, like just I'm all for like any women's sneaker drop that comes out too. So those are up there with a lot of favorites too. Nice. It was hard to choose.
0: Yeah, and hopefully there's going to be like a couple of more this year. I'm sure there will, there be, will be, but like it was before, you're going to see it. Yeah, they have no they have no choice. They the have women's
1: to. the women's I think you're really going to see the women's sneaker and sportswear market like. They're Excellent. really gonna start speaking to women, nice. as opposed to just like you know. I'm lucky. I'm an eight men's, so I can buy oh, men's drops you all are, the time. Yeah, um, which like, is cool. I'm a six, so
0: that, yeah, I'm right in that. You can like, do the
1: youth ones
0: only sometimes, though, because yeah, sometimes it doesn't sometimes go it as doesn't. big as I need. So I'm exactly. right in that awkward, stupid. Yep. And like, yeah, I'm so sick of being like, oh well, I was seven and a half women's, but like usually six and men's, but sometimes six and a half, or sometimes or like yeah. whatever. And I'm always trying to like mold around. I know. Like,
1: I think yeah. you're just gonna see the women's sports. sneaker market like become marketed to us yeah you know like I think it's gonna speak to us a lot more and they're gonna have way more drops that are just women's drops like some of the sneakers that I get the most compliments on people are like yo where'd you get those like the NBA guys are like yo what are those I'm like no they only came out of women's." yeah you know like some of the best colorways and some of the best drops are women's drops
0: It's true. I think you're so right. And you know what? Honestly, I don't know if anyone else has had this idea, but maybe not. Possibly you've heard it here first. Mm -hmm. But I think we should just like completely scrap sizes in general and just go by centimeters or inches for your foot like that's smart and like make it completely unisex or whatever like smart. how many centimeters is your foot then you know it's the same in every country it's just numbers yeah that would be practical conversions right like
1: there's a lot of things like that in the world that you're like there must be an easier way to do this there has to be and then that way
0: you don't even have to do like women's men's or whatever it's just like 100%. here it comes in these different you know anyway if anyone does that please uh, please give us the credit give me exactly or not us you. yeah give no you, you can be on <laughs> And on it too, I'm down for sure. Um, okay, and then just, uh, mm-hmm. you've given so much advice already, uh, but if you could just sort of choose like one really pinnacle piece of advice for somebody sort of walking similar paths to yours, mm-hmm. uh, what would you tell them?
1: I would say two things. The first one is just start. Like whatever idea you have or whatever thing you're thinking about, just start. Like put it out in the universe and just start it. Um, and two, the other thing would just be yourself. Like it seems so corny, but I really truly believe that um, Like moving through this world, being yourself is like the best way to bring good things into your life. Um, and actually, let me call three things. That's the first two. And the three is like always reach back, like mentorship, um, community work, bringing up the next generation, whether it be females, underprivileged youth, all of those different things like that is vastly, vastly important. And so even if you don't feel like you're exactly where you want to be there's always something you can do for like the next generation or the next group of people coming up. And so those are sort of the three things that I would say, like are just going to serve you in the long run. True. Amazing. Um, that's
0: it. Thank you so, so much. Um, you guys can all follow, uh, Shelby on, she's got two Instagrams. So hers is, at Shelby L Weaver. So it's S-H E L B Y L W E A V E R. And then also at Mac House. Um, it's just at M-A-C-K-H-O-U-S-E-I-N-C. Um, you guys can follow the podcast, obviously, at coming up in my sneakers. And if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts and you like the podcast, feel free to leave it a five-star review. That would be amazing. Um, otherwise, that's it. Have a great week, guys, and don't get caught wearing dirty sneakers.